Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renew Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. All right. Well, how's everybody doing today? Yeah, I think you do that on purpose because you like to watch me beg. How's everybody doing today? Well, welcome, 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 welcome to Renew Church. I'm saying main campus, and, and the reason why I'm saying Renew Church main campus, because we haven't figured out what this is called, but we actually have a second campus that's meeting right now in Homestead. Isn't that cool? Isn't that awesome? So, so they are doing their soft launch. The Renew Church Homestead campus is doing their soft launch this morning. Pastor Deke and his team and uh, next week is their grand opening. So if you know anybody in the Homestead area, encourage them to check out our website, send them to their, the service there in Homestead, 9.30 next Sunday. Amen? Amen? All right, awesome, awesome. Well, it's so good to be with you this morning. And uh, again, if you're a visitor, we're glad that you're here. Welcome to Renew Church. And uh, welcome to a series that I've been in for the last few weeks called OCD. OCD. And OCD is a real thing, right? It's, it's, it's something that, that I'm not making light of when I, when I talk about, you know, obsessive comparison disorder because there is another, you know, disorder. It's a psychosis called obsessive compulsive disorder. And I'm, I'm not making light of it because it is something that sometimes we face and we deal with. But the comparison disorder is also a real thing. And that's what we're talking about for these weeks. And and uh, I'm excited to bring this word to you this morning, but I also want to encourage you to not miss next Sunday. Next Sunday, you're going to be in for a treat. It's going to be a powerful message, and uh, you will not want to miss that. So invite some people to be here next Sunday for the final message of OCD. Well, so we started off in the first week, we talked about this, this idea of chasing something that you'll never catch, because you think you'll catch it, but it's obviously something that you, you, you strive for, and once you get it, it's just not enough. So you've got to stop chasing after those things. I, I talked about the cycle of works and how the people that are in the cycle of works, they, there's these four moves in the cycle. It's uh, achievement, uh, significance, sustenance, and then acceptance. And, and it starts with achievement. And in the cycle of works, you, you're constantly having to achieve to finally be accepted. Those are the moves in the cycle of works. But then I said that, there's another cycle, it's the cycle of grace. It's the same moves, but it's a different order. It's a different order. It's, it starts with acceptance, and then that acceptance leads to sustenance, and sustenance leads to significance. And then finally, because you find your significance in, in not only who you are, but whose you are, you can achieve. You can achieve great things. So you are in that cycle of grace. Pastor Ricardo preached a powerful message last week that ties right into that with the story of the prodigal son. The prodigal son was in the cycle of grace. He lived in that cycle of grace. He, he figured out that, you know what, I gotta, I've got to go back to my father. I need to go back to where my father is because, you know, he, even, even his servants have something better than I have. And so he said, I'm going to stop living in this, this place. But then where was, where was the older brother? The angry older brother was in the cycle of works. The angry, angry older brother was like, you know, I've worked for you my entire life. I've been your servant my entire life. I never wasted anything you ever gave me. And you didn't even give me a cow. You didn't even give me a, a goat. 
to celebrate with my friends. And yet you kill the calf and you, you put the ring on his finger and the robe on his feet and you've done all these things. You see, the angry older brother was in the cycle of works while the, the prodigal son found himself in the cycle of grace. Do not catch yourself in that place. Because why? Because comparison will crash the party. <laughs> Yeah, everyone can. Okay, hey, are you are you busy? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm I'm preaching a message right now. Okay, so I'll take that as a no. Oh my goodness. So, I'm actually at the church to be at in Miami, and I just want to share with you. I had to sneak off to the bathroom because it's just so crazy. But, and, and speaking of the bathroom, this bathroom alone is bigger than our entire campus. I mean, this place is humongous, dude. All right. What, what is that? I mean, why are you telling me that? Well, because you're a close friend of mine, and I just wanted to share my experience with you. But speaking of sharing my experience, dude, worship this morning was led by none other than Carrie Underwood. <laughs> okay, well, um, thanks, Mikey. Thank you. I mean, I, I'm preaching right now, so what, what, what do you want me to say to that? Like, seriously. No, 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 just I'll, I'll be done quick. Just relax, dude. Last thing I wanted to let you know is that the preaching here, bro, they actually preach the word at this church. It's unbelievable. Well, I, I, what are you trying to say, Mikey? While I'm trying to stand up here and preach, what are you literally trying to say right now? Hello? Hey, Tim Tebow just walked into the bathroom. I'll, I'll be right back. Hey, Tim. No. Uh, so... That's that, right? iPhone 31, it's really driving me crazy. We got to get rid of the iPhone 31 Max Pro. Um, come on, let's give our tech team a round of applause for that. Isn't that good? I was, uh, I was, with, my, uh, I was with some leaders at a conference this, this past week, and, and uh, Pastor Greg Surratt, the, the, the founding pastor of Seacoast Church in Charleston, South Carolina, he's also the president of ARC, which is the, the church planting conference that we planted our church out of. And he says, people will use social media to get at you as a pastor. And uh, they'll, they'll put things like, wow, I, I, I just love this new church. I, I just attended, and, and they really preach the word there. That's kind of one of those like undercut little like shots that, that a pastor feels when they say that. Like, as if I don't preach the word. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's one of those those moves that, that can kind of like make you cringe a little bit. And, and then they take a picture at their photo booth, hashtag love my new church, you know, and, and, and all of their friends, which are your friends, are, are, you know, commenting, wow, what time are their services at? And, and all you can do is look at it and you're like, wow, why do I even have social media, right? Why am I even looking at this? So we're talking about OCD. We're in week number three and we're talking about what this, what this looks like and and when people come to Renew Church, I will say this, like, you won't hear me stand behind a pulpit and speak negatively about another church or their pastor. And in fact, I've had conversations with people about staying at their church when they tell me they're coming from another church because I really don't know the situation. But maybe you have had a bad experience, but that doesn't mean that, that it's altogether a bad church. Sometimes it, it could be something that happened in the situation, but 
in the circumstance that you find yourself in, but you might find yourself in that similar situation here. Why would that happen here, Pastor Trevor? Well, because I'm the pastor and you're the people and we're not perfect. The church is perfect except for the fact that I'm the pastor and you're the people. And with that, there's going to be imperfect opportunities for bad things to happen. Does that make sense? There's going to be those moments in our life when uh, we say something or we do something and it, it just creates a problem there. So you won't find me, if I ever do, stop me and correct me, but you won't find me you know, doing that. You won't find me talking negatively about another pastor uh, amongst people that are coming into the church. And I want to say this as we start the message, in, in no matter what you do, what, what your profession or your role is in life, maybe it's a, a parent or a, 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 you know, a professional, whatever the thing is, stop comparing. Stop comparing. That's the whole idea behind OCD. Here's why I can't compare myself to anyone else. God made me who I'm supposed to be. No one else in the world is exactly like me, born to the family that I'm in, married to the wife that I have, with the kids that I have, the shiny forehead that God gave me. All of these things, they make me who I am and nothing else. Are you guys awake this morning? Come on. You got to help me out this morning. I'm giving you my very best, and y'all look like y'all are still on like daylight savings time this morning. All right, so there will be pastors that will have more experience than I do. They may preach better than me. They, they may know the Bible more than I do and pastor better, and that's me, and, and they're them. You know what I'm saying? That's just the way it is, and I may not do what they do, but this is just who I am and what I'm supposed to do, and this is what I'm, who I'm supposed to be. And, and the key point for this message and for the entire series is, is there is only one you. There is only one you. So ask yourself, what is the one thing that God created you to be that only you can be? That God created you to do that only you can do? What is that thing for you? Because the fastest way to kill something special is to compare it to something else. You know, your, your life is going amazing. Everything is perfect. Like, it feels perfect anyway. Maybe it's not perfect, but it just feels good. Life feels really, really good. And then all of a sudden you have this, like, you know, you look over the fence and you see what so-and-so just got installed in their backyard or, or you saw what so-and-so just drove up into their driveway or you log into your social media and you see what they, where they're on vacation or whatever that thing is. The, the, the fastest way to kill something special is to compare it to something else. And you can't have comparison and contentment. It's, it's literally almost impossible to have comparison and contentment. Does that make sense? Like, how can you be content if you're standing there comparing, right? Comparing will make you feel this way. And this is a note. If you're taking notes, I hope you are, because it'll help you later on in the week. And as you go back and you look at this, retention is very, like, it's much higher if you take notes. Let me just mention that. Retention is much higher if you take notes. Comparing makes you feel either superior or inferior, and neither honors God. Let me say that again. Comparison makes you feel either superior or inferior, and neither will honor God. So let's talk about the superior one. You look over, and your, your, uh, your neighbor, his house is only a two-bedroom, one bath, and you have a three-bedroom, two-bath. And you're kind of thinking to yourself, wow, man, I'm, I'm feeling really good about myself because I have 
you know, a bigger house and it, I, I've just paid the mortgage off and things are going really, really well for me. And that doesn't honor God when you start comparison, comparing and, and feeling superior. But then you look to the neighbor across from you and he has a 4-3. And you're looking to them and all of a sudden you're like, oh God, why? I know I have the 3-2 and it's better than the 2-1, but he's got the 4-3. God, why is, why is my life so miserable? It's inferior and that doesn't honor God because God made you who he made you to be, amen? He made you the person that he created you to be and to do the things that he created you to do. So this morning, I want to preach the word, okay? Is that all right if I preach the word? All right. Uh, I want to take you, thank you. I want to take you to the book of John. And I want to talk for a minute about the author of the book of John. And you might have already guessed it. His name was John. And uh, he wrote about himself kind of in a weird way, uh, maybe a little bit of an obnoxious way. If I'm honest with you, like, it's a little obnoxious the way that John kind of uh, worded himself. I'll, I'll give you uh, this in just a minute. You'll, you'll pick up what I'm putting down in here in just a minute. But in John chapter 20, this is right after the, um, the death, the crucifixion of Jesus, and Jesus has been buried in the tomb, and um, they, they rolled the stone in front of it, and so Jesus is, is, is buried. But on the third day, Easter Sunday, Jesus uh, arises. He resurrects from the dead, and the, the stone is rolled away. And Mary's the first one to get there. She shows up, and she sees that the tomb is empty. And it says in John chapter 20, verse 2, So Mary came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved. I want to stop there for just a second. So, so this, is, this is what I'm saying is a little bit obnoxious. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one that Jesus loved. Now, who in the world calls themselves that? My name is Trevor. I'm the other pastor. I'm the one that Jesus loves. Oh, and this is, this is Ricardo right here. Uh, the one that Jesus loved. And he said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. So not only, if you're slowing down enough to catch this, like not only does he say, I'm the one that Jesus loved, he's also faster than this other guy named Peter. Like I'm the one that Jesus loved, and by the way, I can run pretty stinking fast. Like I'm, I'm fast. He reached the tomb first, so Simon Peter came along behind him, and he went straight into the tomb. So you, you can hear like Peter and, and John kind of like arguing and bickering back and forth. And then John gets there first, but then Peter's like, I'm going in. And he like cuts in front of him and he goes in there first. He went straight into the tomb. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first, says it again, also went inside. Have you ever noticed that? It's in your Bible. Believe me, it's in your Bible. He, he's like the one that Jesus loved. He he. Uh, went inside he's the one that got there first and it's like what is, what is this all about it's as if to say you know Jesus is risen this is the Easter story but by the way I'm the one Jesus loved oh and by the way I got there first like Peter we just want to know the gospel we don't need to know or John we need we need to know the gospel we don't need to know who's first who's fastest who's loved more than the other but that's the humanity of the guy that's writing this book so John 20 then John 21 after the resurrection Peter says let's fish let's go fishing they didn't catch anything Jesus hasn't appeared to them yet and some guy says throw the net to the other side 
John, uh, the one that Jesus loves, says, it's the Lord. They see that, like the guy on the shore saying, throw the net on the other side. They recognize who it is, or John does. And he says, I saw him first. Like, he's like, it's him. But then all of a sudden, what happens next is the power in the story. See, a few chapters back, Peter had had this powerful encounter with Jesus. And before the crucifixion, Peter was very bold in his love for Jesus. And again, he almost took shots at the other disciples. Like, in, in the earlier chapters, Peter's saying, man, Jesus, I love you. And if all these other losers are unfaithful to you, I will always be faithful to you. I've got your back. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm going to stand by you. Peter was really, really bold, even implying that the other guys would deny him, but that he would never deny Jesus. But you know the story. Some of you, if you don't, I'll tell you. The little girl comes to Peter right after Jesus is arrested before he's crucified. And she says to him, hey, you're the one. Aren't you the one? You're the one. Uh, you're, you're one of Jesus' disciples. And Peter's like, no. No, I, I don't even know who you're talking about. I don't know the man. And three times, Peter denies Jesus. We actually see in Scripture that Jesus looks on and sees Peter deny Jesus. And Peter is crushed. He's brokenhearted. He's devastated. He's humiliated. Now, fast forwarding, Jesus is risen and Peter's running. He's, he's competing with his friend. He's, he's running to the shore. He gets to where Jesus is and he's encountering Jesus. And Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter's like, yes, you know I do. I, I, I love you. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. And Jesus says it again, do you love me? And he says, yes, Jesus, I love you. And he says, then feed my sheep. Then he says it a third time, and he actually, Jesus changes the word in the Greek language to use a different word for love. It's, do you really agape love me? Do you love me? Do you really love me? And Peter says, of course, I love you. And that's where we pick up in the story. So you see this encounter between Jesus and, and Peter, and, and, and he's really engaging with him. He's really like speaking directly to him. And all of a sudden, out of the middle of that, Peter turns around in John chapter 21, verse 20, and he saw behind him, and who did he see? The one that Jesus loved. And he's having this encounter with Jesus, but at the same time, he's like having this comparison with John, and he's like, there's, there's John, there's my, comparison, there's my competition. And Peter says, after that in, whole encounter with Jesus, he says, Lord, what about him? What about, what about John? And Peter's like, I mean, Jesus is like, what about him? Well, you told me to feed the sheep. What about him? Should he feed the goats? You know, should he, should he do something? What's his assignment? I know what I'm supposed to do. What about him? And this is the key verse. Jesus replied, if I want him to remain, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. I've come to tell you what, Jesus told Peter, don't worry about what I'm doing in John's life. What does that have to do with you? So what? They got a new car, and you've been driving the same one for 10 years. What does that have to do with you? Follow Jesus. So what? They got an iPhone 31 Max Pro, and you still have the iPhone 6. What does that have to do with you? Follow Jesus. Jesus. So what else 
so what? Everyone else goes to the fancy stores in Miami. You know, the ones that require a salesperson just to walk in like Louis Vuitton and Gucci and Prada and, and you still shop at Ross, right? So what? What does that have to do with you? Follow Jesus. So what if they had it easier than you did? What does that have to do with you? Follow Jesus. You see, because when you follow Jesus, even in your weakness, he is strong. And in your insufficiency, Jesus is enough. You don't need to compare yourself to anyone else. Just follow Jesus. You know, one thing we can do moving forward is not to worry about, to move forward, we can't worry about anyone else or what everyone else is doing or what they have. We have to just focus in on what Jesus is calling us to do, and that is to follow him, to give our lives completely into his control. I personally don't have time to be comparing myself to other people because I don't want to begin to have this inferior or superior view of myself and lose my drive and lose my urgency to be who God has called me to be or what God has in store in my life. Like if I would find myself just looking to those other people, either I'm going to become superior feeling or inferior feeling, and either of those, neither of those honor God. Both of those take my mind and my focus off of what God has called me to do. I must follow Jesus. And comparing myself to everyone else will make me miss what God has specifically for me. Here's what it says in Hebrews chapter 12. The writer says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. The writer here says, throw off everything else that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Run the race that's marked out for us and fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. You know, I think about this passage, I think about this verse, and, and I think about how easy it is to just take our eyes off of what God has called us to do, to take our eyes off of what we're supposed to be following or what we're supposed to be going after. Think about uh, a, an Olympic race. Think about the, the track and field races. You know, you can be the fastest man in the world, fastest woman in the world, and, and, and be able to beat, you know, the other nation's leaders and the other, other uh, competitors by, by this much. But if you cross your lane by this much, you've been disqualified. You've been taken out. They'll throw you out. You do not get a gold medal or a silver medal or bronze medal. You don't get anything. You're disqualified. You've got to stay in your lane. You've got to stay focused. You've got to keep running in the direction that God has called you to. You've got to throw off everything else that would entangle you and the sin that so easily entangles you. And you've got to run the race, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the race that he has marked out for you. The problem is it's so easy for us to compare. Say, but I want to run his race. I want to be this person. I want to live that life. Then there wouldn't be you. God has a purpose. God has a plan. God has a destiny for your life. 
And if you try to live someone else's destiny, then who's going to live yours? Who's going to fulfill the call that God has for you to do the things that he wants for you to do? So stop comparing. My race is leading Renew Church. My lane is leading Renew Church. This is what God has called me to do. Nothing else. It's, it's the, to be the leader of Renew Church, to, to, to uh, raise up leaders in Renew Church that are going to help us to plant churches in this city, to be a part of a, a church planting movement. My race is to, to, to lead the church, to raise up leaders, to duplicate myself, and to see us plant seven churches, if I'm being specific, over the next seven years. That's my race. It may not be the biggest churches, it may not be the most popular churches, but that's my race. My question is, what's your race? What has God called you to do? What is the thing that he has said, this is what you're to do with your life? Not being what the guy down the street is, not being what your neighbor does or your coworker has, but being who God created you uniquely and exactly to do. If you're taking notes, this, this would be a, a key thought, sermon in the sentence, if you want to call it that. Your sermon in the sentence is, is there is no win in comparison. There is no win in comparison. You've disqualified yourself. If you, if you start comparing, you lose. There is no win in comparison. Run your race. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Do as Jesus said to Peter, what is that to you? Like, I just had this serious conversation. Like, I just resurrected from the dead, and you're the first person that I come and encounter with, and yet you're still talking about and bickering about the one that calls himself the one that Jesus loved, the other disciples. Stop. I'm talking to you. Follow me. Focus on me. Put your eyes on me. And let everything else be pushed aside. For you, maybe you run a company. And comparison says you need to be the biggest company. What's more important, though? What's more important is leading a business with integrity. Comparison might say, no, no, no. Do whatever it takes. Step on everybody that it, it takes to, to become the, 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 the leader of whatever it is that you're doing. That's comparison. But maybe God's saying, no, 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 lead your company, even if it costs you more money, with integrity. Being a parent, being a mom, being a dad, comparison says you need to be cool with your kids. You need to be the cool parent. You need to be the one that all the kids want to go to their house. What's more important? What's more important? Being the godly dad, being the godly mom. Not the richest, not the most expensive house. The, the one that has the heart for the kids, the one that would do whatever it takes to see their kids, not, not do whatever it takes like, oh, I'm going to work 700 hours so that my kids can have a new car when they turn 16. That, that's going to rust, man. That's going to go away. It's not going to be cool in six months. They don't care about that. You know what they need? They need you. Comparison says, oh, no, get that. Show everybody you're a provider. Jesus says, follow him. Jesus says, lead your kids. Show your kids what it means to be in relationship with
Jesus. I was talking to somebody this week that, that grew up and, and uh, grew up uh, part of her life without a mom and, and lived in a huge house and literally almost resented the house that she lived in because it was this huge house, but she had no one to share it with because her dad was always gone. Like, it doesn't matter. That stuff doesn't matter. That stuff won't add up to anything in life. Comparison says you got to have these things. In marriage, comparison says you need to have the biggest ring, the best vacations, the big house, 2.5 kids, a dog, and Alexa to turn on all the lights every morning and shut them off at night. But what's more important? What's more important? To be faithful to my spouse, to my two daughters, my one dog, and my not-so-smart house for the rest of my life. For as long as God has called me to, that's what, that's what matters, not comparison. Not what the guy down the street has, not what he's driving up in, what's in his backyard. It's what God has called me to. I throw off everything else that entangles. I throw off everything else that, that, that messes with me and that distracts me. And I run my race. What about you? What's God saying to you? Where are you comparing in life? And God's saying, no, stop it. Focus on me. There's only one you. I made you for the purpose that you have. The plan that I have for you, Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. What is that plan for you that only you can do? Walk in that plan, live in that would you bow your heads, close your eyes with me this morning? The first step, most important thing as always is making sure you're right with God. Making sure your life is right with, with Jesus. That you've said, you know what, Jesus, I, I can't do this on my own. I need you. Whether you're in the room or you're online today, if God's speaking to you and you're, you're, you're struggling with, first of all, just the basic faith of surrendering to Jesus, it's, it's not about all the work. It's not about like how many times you come to church or if you've read the whole Bible or if you uh, give a certain amount. It's, it's about just what Jesus has already done. And if today is the day that you need to commit to Jesus that he would be your Lord and Savior, that you would ask him to forgive you of your sins and to come into your life, then let that be today. Let that happen even today. If that's you this morning with nobody looking around, every head's bowed, every eye's closed, if that's you today, would you just lift your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm making that declaration today. If that's you this morning, just make that decision, lift your hand, so I can know to pray with you. Okay, second call is this. It's this, that if maybe for someone in the room, you've been comparing for far too long. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a coworker. It's a neighbor. But you're always looking to the other disciple, the one that Jesus loved. You're always looking to the other other friend, the one that Jesus loved, and you're like, but what about him? And Jesus is saying, what about him? You must follow 
me. If that's you today and you say, Pastor, I'm, I'm going to focus in on what Jesus has for me. Would you just lift your hand? Would you be so bold to just say, that's me, Pastor, I'm focusing in. I see your hand. Anybody else? Come on. There should be hands all over this room. I see your hands on my left. Praise God. I see your hands up front. I see your hands here in the middle and on my right. I'm surrendering to Jesus. I'm going to stop comparing. Praise God. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Oh, God, you know, you know where every person is in the room. You know every situation. You know every heart. You know what we're dealing with today. You know that other disciple. You know that other person, the one that drives us crazy. God, I pray for the person in the room that's listening, the person online that's listening, that's saying, I, I've got I've to surrender this. I've got to throw that off. I've got to throw off the things that are entangling me, and I've got to be able to just say, okay, God, I'm going to fix my eyes on you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to stay in my lane. I won't be distracted or disqualified. I want you to be the Lord of my life. God, for these people... I ask that you'd show them how to do that. I ask that you'd guide them in the, in the, uh, the steps that they have to take and the, the walk that they're on, God, just to completely and fully just let you have control. Not fearful, not anxious, not comparing. Because there's no win in comparison. Lord, I thank you for healing. I thank you for setting people free. Thank you for making a difference in the lives of some people this morning. Help them, I pray. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. Come on, stand with me. Let's give God praise for what he's doing in hearts and lives. Praise God. Praise God. Maybe God's uh, working in you and you need additional prayer. You want a pastor or somebody to come behind you and pray with you, pray for you. Uh, if you need that for any reason at all, while we sing this closing song, you just come to the front and somebody will come behind you and rest their hand on your shoulder and pray with you and pray for you. Okay, let's sing together.
praise God this morning. Amen, amen. Good morning. Thank you guys for being here. I'm back. I am back. That's right. Kanye showed up. I didn't know if it was a good thing or a bad thing. So you guys may be seated. Thank you guys for joining us again. Just wanted to share a few things with you guys. Man, on your way out, um, fill out these five for fives and drop them off in a bucket on your way out. We want to pray with you. We want to know these names. We want to be praying and fasting with you guys. So on your way out, make sure to drop off your five for five card in one of the buckets on your way out. Also, we have these Easter packets also on the table um, to my left, to your right. Once you get out of the worship center, take these. It's an invitation pack. Invite your friends and family. Let them know that Renew is doing Easter in an awesome way. Uh, baptism is coming up. That's going to be on April the 10th. So if you're newer to your faith or uh, you just haven't been baptized, man, we encourage you here at Renew Church to get baptized. We believe that it's that next step in your faith. And, uh, man, we want to we wanna help you and we want to guide you in that. All that baptism is, guys, is, is it's, it's, it's representative of the decision that you've made in your heart, right? When you go into that water, you're, you're dying to yourself and you're raising a new life in Christ. So if you're interested in baptism, check out our website, renew.miami forward slash baptism. Um, there's a whole bunch of information on what baptism is. There's a, a registration link if you want to be a part of that, or you can just come find a pastor, and we'll be more than happy to talk to you about that. Um, next, I want to tell you guys about our community barbecue. So this is for anybody who is a fan of free food. Does anybody not like free food? No, right? It's free food. You take it and you enjoy it. So our community barbecue is on March the 26th at 5 p.m. It will be outside. Man, it's just a huge opportunity for this church to kind of just introduce ourselves to the community. Um, if you have any friends or family who typically wouldn't want to go to a church service, invite them to the community barbecue. It's going to be free food, music, games. There's going to be a bonfire, a bunch of cool stuff for the family. So keep that on your calendars, and I hope to see you guys there for our community barbecue. Um, also, night of worship. Do you guys appreciate and love our worship team? They do an amazing job week after week, but on March the 27th, it's just night of worship. It's just going to be them worshiping, leading us into worship, and it's going to be an awesome, amazing experience. So I encourage you guys to be there. It's on March 27th at 6.30 p.m. here. Um, lastly, if you'd like to give to Renew Church, I just want to let you know that there's a few ways that you can do that. The first way to do that is in person via the envelopes in the seat pocket in front of you. You can drop them off in one of the buckets on your way out. The second way to do that is to do it online by visiting renew.miami forward slash giving. And the third and final way to do that is to do it via text by texting give to 786-565-1165. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for this service. Lord, we thank you for just the opportunity to worship you, God. Um, Lord, we pray over this offering this morning, God, that you would bless it. God, that you would use it, Father, that more people would be able to know about your son Jesus, God, and the life change that, 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 that God, that he, he brings to those who, who are willing, oh God. Uh, bless us, Lord, as we worship you in this way, Father. You know the needs in the room. You know what we're going through. And, Father, we just give it to you, Father, and we trust you with everything. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Thank you, guys. See you next Sunday.